Hello, welcome back to Meraki Unboxed. My name is Simon Thompson, host of the show. And as I say every week, it's great to have you with us. Hopefully you're a subscriber. If you're not for any reason, uh, then it's very easy to get subscribed to this podcast because we share it out on all the major platforms. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, we're on uh, Spotify, we're on Stitcher, and we're on YouTube. So it's super easy to find us. We want to make this material as easy to access as possible and for you to stay connected too. Because we do keep putting out some, I think, pretty good content. Last time around, we did an interview with our head of hardware, who was one of the very first employees at Meraki. And he, you know, had some fantastic stories around the early days of life in this company. It's a good, fun listen. So definitely recommend you go back and check that out. Today, we're shifting gears once again, and we have a guest coming in from one of our developer partners uh, who's going to talk to us about one of the ways in which uh, they've been able to uh, take advantage of the Meraki hardware and the APIs to really start developing an interesting solution that can address some real challenges uh, that we're all aware of, of course, in this very difficult year. And so uh, before we get into that, I just want to give you a little bit of context, as well as the cloud-based products and features that we are very well known for at Meraki. We do also have an extensive and growing API way to connect into and leverage data from uh, those pieces of equipment. And we are working super hard to keep expanding the scope of those APIs to enable third parties to develop tools that make their lives easier and integrate into these other solutions. So there's a couple of ways that you can handle this. If you are an expert developer, then you can just go along to meraki.io, which is where you will find the information on how to get started from that perspective as a developer. But the other way you can go is to explore our very large marketplace of solutions where third-party companies have gone in and built some really cool tools that solve real-world problems using those APIs. So using Meraki basically as a foundation uh, for what they're able to do. And so that is a marketplace. We have a slightly different web address for that one. It's apps.meraki.io. So apps.meraki.io. And so definitely recommend you go along and check that out as well. Now today, what I want to do is focus on a shining example of one of those third parties that has come along and developed something really cool using the technology we have. And to get into that, I'm very happy to introduce uh, Rom Eisenberg from contact.io. Rom, how are you doing today? Hey, Simon. Great to be here. It is great to have you here. Thanks for taking the time. Rom is extremely busy, and so we're very lucky to have uh, some of his time uh, joining us today. Rom, tell us what you do for contact.io. Wow. Um, it should be an easy question, uh, shouldn't it? I'm the <laughs> chief revenue officer, <laughs> but uh, you know, at the speed and pace of expansion that we are going through today, uh, all of us are wearing multiple hats. I, I always have a pause. I run the commercial side uh, of the shop. Okay. And I know that the answer to that question is probably much more extensive, as you alluded to there. So we'll get into some of the practical aspects of your work uh, very shortly. And I think it's probably also worth making sure that we have the spelling of your company name correctly so that people can find you. So that would be K-O-N-T-A-K-T dot I-O. So contact with K's dot I-O. Fantastic. And Rom, you have been part of that organization for a very long time. Do you want to just give us a quick potted history of the company? 
Contact.io is probably one of the largest yearly beacon providers in the world today, if not the largest. We have been at it for now over eight years. Over the last couple of years, we have expanded our solution set also into uh, software. So trying to put ourselves in the shoes of the end user and help them solve real world problems and not just uh, offering fancy technology. So, you know, it's a fascinating space and we've been uh, growing and expanding very rapidly recently uh, through our work with uh, Meraki. So it's been a very positive experience. And I think we're all um, very keen to to understand a little bit more about the, the products themselves and what they can do for us. So before we get into that, let's maybe take a step back and paint a picture for everybody who's listening. Uh, I'm sure there are uh, many folks here who are quite familiar with the world of IoT and all of the various different products and solutions, even if they've only got some things in their home. Uh, but maybe just help us understand what are these devices? Why are they useful? Why do we need them? And how do we see them being used in a business context? You know, it's interesting. We are used to uh, new innovative technologies uh, coming from, I don't know, from NASA, from large R&D organizations, going through uh, the enterprise market and ending up in consumer markets. And maybe a unique reality of IoT is that we are seeing reverse motion. Mm. So consumer markets have been leapfrogging technologies and capabilities that are now translating back into the enterprise space with a lot more maturity, but also enjoying that scale that consumer markets drive. So if you think about IoT for the past 10 years, and I'm sure that there are a lot of listeners that are rolling their eyes now because I'm the first to admit IoT has been overhyped and under-delivering mm -hmm. the enterprise space. And maybe some of you guys at home have maybe negative experiences, piloting or testing some IoT solutions. And I think that the underlying factor uh, that created all these hurdles in, in the path to adoption was the lack of standard. So you could see mm. a lot of monopolistic behavior on the side of solution providers. You would see tiny companies that have to develop hardware devices and middleware platforms and networks and trying to do this all-in-one approach, which of course is not efficient. So the adoption of BLE or Bluetooth Flow Energy as a dominant standard, initially through Apple and the iPhone, later uh, Android and Google, about two years later, right? Google jumped on, on, on the same card, uh, uh, making BLE its, its standard uh, IoT device communication protocol. Mm -hmm. And now giants like uh, Cisco Meraki adopting that standard, making it part of every access point. And I'm going to whisper here, not well-known truth, uh, Meraki has been at it for almost six years now. So if you are a Meraki customer, you probably already have an IoT network in your office. You've just never recognized it before. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm very glad that you know that number because I was actually, while you were talking, I was thinking, now, which was the first AP where we had this built into? But it, I think it was around six years. So that's good to know. And as you say, and then this is what we really are going to get into, I think, is that having those that beacon technology built into the AP or the BLE technology is really just a part of the picture. And so let's talk about some of the real world environments and situations where this technology can be useful. Uh, thinking about the workplace, I mean, you mentioned the consumer side has been in the lead in a sense, and we've seen a lot of good use cases in the home. Uh, what are you seeing as most of the drivers from a business side? 
I mean, for me, the most incredible fact of how we manage and operate workspaces, and generally, right, the enterprise universe that is not connected with a wire or is not driven by a computer, it's quite surprising because at the tip of your fingers, there is a mobile device, and you know a lot more about the train wreck that happened in Mogadishu on the other side of the planet half an hour ago than you know about the number of people in your building in case of a fire drill, for example. So mm -hmm. if, if you tap the, uh, the security chief and the Meraki headquarters in the Bay Area, and you asked him during a fire drill, how many people evacuated? Who is still in the building? He would look at you and tell you, well, we haven't counted yet. Right. Nice. So, so we have all of this tremendous amount of information at our finger trip in near real time. And yet uh, we know very little about our workspaces. And there are today more than ever uh, some critical questions we need to answer from a workplace safety perspective, for example, right, COVID response. Mm -hmm from a post-COVID universe, uh, trying to understand how is real estate, uh, probably the largest asset on any corporation's balance sheet, is really utilized. Are we at a 20% or at a 110%? When people complain that there are not enough meeting rooms, it's because we have not enough meeting rooms or because we have uh, meeting rooms that are simply too large. And because of that, uh, and, and most of our meetings take place between a couple of people and not 10. So there are a lot of information gaps uh, in the enterprise today, and there are a lot of problems that are not really well solved. Mm. And so this presumably leads to um, businesses asking, I mean, uh, we all know that the technology is out there. So I guess they approach you and say, look, I, this is the problem that I've got. And where can you help with that? So what have you found have been the sort of main asks that people have been asking you to focus on? I'm guessing in 2020, a lot of it will be related to, as you said, the pandemic situation. So if you want to quantify a workspace, you want to understand people, things, and how they interact and interchange with uh, the physical space that they occupy. Mm -hmm. Now, so I don't sound completely philosophical, uh, we can be more pragmatic. So companies ask for things like, uh, hey, I want to understand occupancy. How are people using uh, spaces? Uh, how are people using sometimes down to the single seat resolution in, in shared desks? And they want to do that without infringing on privacy. So uh, how can we understand the heat map of a building without people feeling that they are being followed? Right. Companies want to understand and to quantify the indoor environment. Uh, that impacts uh, health and safety. So understanding measures like the air quality air particles or pollution particles in the air, understanding humidity, temperature, light, carbon monoxide, right? Mm -hmm. That's a poisonous gas that you find in fire alerts. Yep. And all of this information is mapping to different systems and different users that have different interests, uh, some to increase workplace safety, others to reduce carbon footprint of buildings that maps, of course, into financial savings, not to mention right, the benefit to our planet. So understanding the environment is now a big item in the asks uh, that we hear from end users. Right. Okay. So then if we turn to the product itself, the contact.io physical product, maybe describe that for us. What does it look like? Where do you typically see them being used? You know, which of the pain points that you just described are addressed using those uh, particular pieces of hardware? Let's imagine for a second uh, an IoT solution. How does it look like? Mm -hmm. And I really like to use this analogy of a, a chest of drawers. 
only three drawers. The bottom drawer is IoT devices. It's made out of devices like in the connected employee badge or, or an asset tag that can sit on an infusion pump in a hospital. It can be a set of sensors. The middle drawer is the network. It's the layer that collects data from all those sensors, aggregates it, and makes it accessible through APIs to applications. And Meraki is plugging in uh, that uh, middle drawer, both through the access points that are BLE enabled and are deployed on the ceiling mm -hmm. and mirrored into the Meraki cloud that is aggregating the data and uh, making it accessible. Finally, the top drawer is offering use case specific applications. What Contact.io is doing is, in a sense, hugging a Meraki from the bottom and from the top. So on the bottom drawer, we have simplified a dozen different sensor devices into a single piece of hardware mm -hmm. and that is battery powered that can quantify and collect information to answer virtually all the questions that I mentioned uh, using one low cost battery powered device. So it's very easy to install. You basically click it on the ceiling, flip the on button and you're basically done. This unit is now flowing data using Bluetooth low energy. And that's one of the reasons why we can sustain long battery life on, on such a sophisticated device, right? right. It's, it's flowing BLE data through the Meraki access points. And then there is this uh, contact.io application on the cloud that picks up the data processed by the Meraki cloud and puts it to work. And puts in, putting it to work, here we are taking a very, how do I say it? It's a very Steve Jobs type of way to solve uh, uh, for the application, right? A lot of the legacy kind of vendors in the market are, have built monolithical applications, something that tries to solve all the possible use cases in one box, which makes them very complex to operate and expensive. Right. Uh, instead, in the, in the, in the Contact.io universe, we really like to say uh, there is an app for it. Uh, if, if you're driving building evacuation and you're the security chief, there is an app for it. It's really simple. It's cloud-based. You log in and you can power up and instrument all the devices installed on your floor to solve for uh, managing evacuation and creating a, right, a safer work environment for people working in your building. There is a, a completely different app that uh, is there to help nurses get infusion pumps in the hospital picked up. The user is different. The environment is different. The requirements are completely different and we figured, okay, it's really easy for us to create an app that is single-minded, let's help this nurse uh, manage infusion pump workflows to improve patient care in a hospital or find pallets in a warehouse or make sure that visitors are well escorted and are never away from the employee that picked them up in the lobby in an office building, right? Yeah, that definitely helps to bring it to life for me. I can visualize how as you said, you are able to strip away a lot of the technology that was required previously or is still required on a lot of solutions out there by sort of taking advantage of some of that data flow, as you said. So that way you can connect that bottom drawer to the top drawer. I love that analogy. But the idea of being able to build just different software apps that can leverage all the capabilities that are available to you through that beacon, that sounds like a very creative way of doing things for sure. And, and you know what else, Simon? I think that one of the things that we are most excited about is that standard-driven interface between all of these systems. So you can actually instrument 
other applications that are available on the Meraki marketplace that consume that cloud API mm -hmm. using a hardware from Contact.io, an application from another company, uh, you can uh, mix and match and creating this healthy competition I think uh, benefits end users and indirectly, maybe not instinctively, but I think it uh, benefits vendors too. So, so we actually welcome that competition. That's a really great point. And I appreciate you making that point. So if I understood that correctly, you're, you're essentially saying that it's not just Contact.io who can leverage the hardware side of things, but you know other developers can also potentially look at creative new solutions that do the same thing. So that's very interesting and good to know because we, we're definitely in this phase, I think, where we're seeing an explosion of use cases and certainly driven a lot by uh, what's been happening this year. I just wonder, what have you seen as far as the pandemic's concerned? You know, what have been some of the things that have maybe been a surprise that are maybe have been a provocation for new development within your organization. And I'm thinking not just about the impact of what happened earlier this year, but also as we now start to think about you know, potentially returning to work. I, you know, a few things. Um, it's interesting to note that enterprises that had uh, digital transformation officers and they were looking and investing in digital transformation before the pandemic are certainly in a much better position to address uh, these unpredictable events. Mm -hmm. I think that there is a greater realization uh, that the platform IT attitude to solving problems is winning every time uh, over, you know, point solutions to point problems in terms of how you architect generally your, your network and your solution strategies. Mm -hmm. Certainly, you know, a lot of companies have been identifying, even testing, contact tracing, uh, uh, targeted sanitization type of technologies using IoT. But they've also seen a lot of organizations sitting on the face and not rolling in solutions at large scale, mainly because of confusion, right? There are different directives coming from Washington, D.C., uh, from the CDC, from the World Health Organization. Uh, there are so many different opinions. Opinions, and, and I think that if you want my, my, my honest opinion, a lot of the conversations I'm having, and some of them with very large, formidable enterprises, I, I hear a lot of confusion. Mm. At the same time, IoT and our ability to quantify uh, people and spaces, and in the context of uh, a pandemic response, uh, you know, very specifically, our ability to understand contacts between employees. And once we have someone who is COVID positive diagnosed, uh, we can very quickly identify uh, the people that were uh, in close proximity to this person. We can quarantine them. We can send them to get tested. And, and by doing that, maybe breaking the pandemic expansion chain, those are very powerful solutions. They are a lot of organizations are challenged with the complexity of rolling solutions like that in. So I need it yesterday, but what do I need to do to make it happen? And again, uh, Meraki customers have a distinct advantage over, I don't know, an, an Aruba uh, customer, simply because the Meraki access points are BLE instruments. I mentioned before, uh, you already have an IoT network, you just didn't know maybe. <laughs> so Meraki users today, and we have uh, an increasing number of corporate operations that are simply uh, issuing BLE transmitting lanyards and employee badges to people who have to come to the office right. so we can make sure that, that people are safe and so we can be efficient if, if something does happen. 
Right. That's a really good point. And you actually touched on some big topics there that could probably make their own podcast episode all by themselves. I mean, talking about digital transformation and the way in which that's really seen a boost from everything that's happened this year. We've been using that term for literally years at this point, but it really feels like the pennies dropped this year in terms of uh, the need to move ahead with that. And then, of course, this point about the confusion around all the different information sources we have available to us. I'm sure we all occasionally feel a little bit overwhelmed by all the different inputs that we have um, as we try and navigate our way through a very complex situation. But as you said, there's no better answer than data and sort of empirical, factual data that you can see in front of you that you know really does tell you uh, where you have perhaps too many people or where you need to make an investment in changing the flow of individuals and assets through your organization. It's interesting. I read recently a research done by McKinsey where they looked at the 08 crisis and they quantified companies that overinvested in innovation through digital transformation. And they found that even three or four years after the crisis point, these companies produced over 30% increased performance, right? Competitive mm. advantages that sustain long after the crisis is over. So I think that uh, there is an immediate impact on how you do business, on business continuity, on the safety of your people. But what McKinsey is suggesting is that that advantage outlives the crisis and gives you uh, competitive advantages well uh, down the road. Yeah, it's a great point. And so I'm guessing that you've had a pretty successful year with all of that and everything we've discussed. So it's been a very interesting one to watch and to see how these different solutions have come up. And as you said, certain things like digital transformation really are getting their big proof point now. And uh, we've been sort of talking about it for years. And what this ultimately translates to, of course, is those experiences that people have and using technology to make the experiences better. And we have to always keep bringing it back to the individual, the human side of things, I think. And connecting to the physical world as we're doing here, I mean, that's a very fine example of doing just exactly that. Okay, so let's just kind of think about working with Meraki and the sort of API itself. You know, how have you found it working with Meraki and, and getting your solution built together, you know, from a teaming perspective? We touch Meraki in three different layers. The first is uh, our partner manager at the Meraki marketplace. She is uh, just an energy bomb uh, and she's <laughs> been so, so helpful answering uh, many of our questions uh, before we thought about asking them, uh, making introductions, creating synergies. One of the positive experiences we had from a very commercial standpoint is that we actually found other application partners that complement our solutions or we complement their solutions. So we created partnerships that transcend our relationship with Meraki oh. uh, through, the, through the marketplace and through the relationship management that uh, you guys are doing so awesomely. So this is on one level. On the technical side, we have been talking, not just receiving technical support, but actually having conversations with the Meraki uh, product team. We provided feedback, we received some ideas and access to give listeners a bit of a proportion. Meraki is, is about to announce a 3.0 new API for the Meraki IoT Cloud, and we just completed doing some uh, integration testing. I think it didn't take more than a couple of weeks uh, to take a completely new API, integrate it, instrument it, and we are already having a data flow flying into our application service. So it's not really a huge technological investment. 
on the technology product level. And finally, I said three domains. We are getting a lot of leads and interest from the Meraki uh, field, right? From your sellers uh, working with customers that have Meraki access points, intercepting business needs and operational technology kind of asks, and then mapping them uh, into uh, marketplace vendors that can uh, provide a good fit solution. So there is a lot of uh, efficiency here, and we are really enjoying the marketing and sales throughput that we are achieving through working together. It's clearly mutually beneficial and it's great to hear you talk about interesting third-party effects of this essentially where you've sort of been able to form new partnerships with other companies who are interested in uh, in co-developing uh, solutions with the hardware that you have to offer as well. That's a really interesting component. I think it's good to share. I wanted to really help out anybody who's listening who is maybe thinking about moving in this direction. So we have, I know, a lot of interest in the API side of things because uh, I can see that from the uh, sheer number of listens we've had on the episodes we've done about the APIs up till now. I think they've been a very popular topic. So I'm very happy to be revisiting it again today. Uh, I just wonder if you have any advice for any aspiring uh, developers or entrepreneurs who are thinking about a solution that could potentially leverage the APIs from Meraki, but maybe also the beacons that you have available to complete that package. But just in terms of creating that relationship and getting started, what would you advise people there? I think that uh, you want to join the marketplace. It's not a hard process. I mentioned before integrating the API so you can consume data uh, from the Meraki cloud. Uh, it uh, shouldn't be a more than a couple of weeks investment for a developer. And I think that being very succinct and clear about problems that your company solves or how you want to tackle that universe of IoT is helpful. It's helpful for sellers. It's helpful for end users to clearly map and pull you into opportunities and understand how you plug into that you know big universe of IoT. Of course, a variety of different sensors from Context.io. And then, of course, we think that our products are best in the industry, but there are many other products, I think that the fun thing is that it's really easy to get started. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have a Meraki access point in the office, uh, you can receive a sample pack of beacons and sensors. And as soon as the API is integrated, uh, you have an IoT network working. So, you know, IoT has a bad reputation for complexity and, you know, long time to value. And I think that it's about just getting out there and doing it. You'll be surprised how simple it is. I agree. I've had a little tinker around with this technology myself using one of these um, tags and I was surprised at how much I was able to get working in just a couple of hours. It was pretty straightforward to leverage. So I think there's no substitute, as you said, Rom, for just getting out there and just trying it, just making a start. So how can people try your solution and see it work for themselves if they're interested in just seeing what they could potentially do with it? The first step is to go to the marketplace. It's the easiest uh, way to get to us and to help us uh, consume and lead in an interest. And from that point on, we instrument a very simple sequence, opening a bracket here, just to say that, mm -hmm. you know, one of the, particularly maybe for us, we found a lot of shared values and that, that notion of simplifying technology and making it accessible is something that we share with a lot of the Meraki sellers and how Meraki goes to market. So in that sense, you go to the marketplace, you apps.meraki.io. Mm -hmm. 
you will find contact.io or Simon, our application platform. Click in it that you are interested. Someone will get in touch with you and we will follow a very simple sequence. We will call you. We can do an online demo. Uh, we will learn a bit about your use case, uh, your industry, uh, manufacturing different than healthcare, healthcare different than, you know, COVID response in, in an office, carpeted space. We will show you how the applications work and expose you to the features. If you like it, you can sign up for a try and buy motion. You can get a Meraki access point if you don't already own one. You can get uh, contact IO sensors and beacons that uh, you can use on your floor, like an employee badge or an asset tag. And we will open for you a user account so you can access our application platform and actually experience with automating some of those workflows, locating assets on the map, and so on and so forth. It's very easy to instrument, and, and you can be actually be running a lab in your home office <laughs> for many of us today in just a few days. Fantastic. Um, thanks for taking us through that, Rom. I, I really appreciate the time you've spent explaining how you've really brought this to life for us and how these products have made a difference, especially in a year where we all need the help. We all need technology to do its very best to help us out. And, and clearly what you've got out there and what you've built together with Meraki, I think is uh, making a difference. Like it's really actually making a difference on the front line in people's lives. So that's why we're here. I think that's why we come into this field of technology at the end of the day. The gadgets and the gizmos and the flashing lights, that's all very good fun to play with. But uh, what really resonates, I think, for many of us in this field is the impact that the technology can make out in the real world. So I really appreciate you sharing those stories with us today. Hey, Simon, my pleasure. All right. So I just want to um, wrap things up. I think uh, once again, as Rom has uh, laid out several times, the marketplace is where this all starts. So if it's an area of interest for you, you'd like to explore this solution, other solutions, or even if you want to get started yourself, try out some of these products and technologies, please do go along to apps.meraki.io. That's apps.meraki.io. And that uh, web address will take you on a very exciting journey. I think there's uh, a lot of potential for this technology and we've got a long way to go yet. Okay, I'm going to wrap things up now. I want to thank you once again for joining us on Meraki Unboxed. Really appreciate the time you spend with us. I would like to put this call out as I do every week that we would love to feature you, what you do with this technology. And so do please reach out to me and you can do that on Twitter. At Meraki Simon is my handle on Twitter. It's a really good way to reach me and I've had some great feedback from folks who listen to the show, which I very much value. And I just want to stress that, you know, whether you're a partner or whether you're an end user of the product, we love hearing the stories and we love sharing those on the Unboxed podcast. This is really for you. This is why we do it. So let's try and make sure uh, that we make this as helpful as we can, as useful as we can and join the fun. Uh, I think it's fun. I hope you do too. Okay, so from Rom and I, uh, time to wrap things up. Thanks again for joining us. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Take care of yourselves and we'll see you soon. Bye for now. <laughs>